Welcome to Expanded Universe, Season 3, Episode 9. The Bark, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. The year, 1995. Edited by Kevin J. Anderson. Your host, Jeff and John. Let's go. The myth in the band looked like if the testicle had a butthole on it. Don't fucking try and explain a skater boy to me, okay? The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and you're goth. Oh, ball sacks, he says. And it's time for Star Wars. Who's ready for it? Who wants a little Star Wars? Me, huh? me, Jeff? I am. I do. Jeff, do you want some Star Wars? I would like some Star Wars, please. I've got plenty of Star Wars here for you. i got a big bowl of Star Wars. It's please. part of your complete breakfast. Please, sir. May I have an Ewok? <laughs> Can I have one Ewok, please? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That would be great. Please, sir. May I have some more Ewok? <laughs> more? More Ewok? <laughs> Uh, it's Expounded Universe. We, uh, we talk about Expanded Universe Star Wars novels, chapter by excruciating chapter. Unless the book has a million little chapters, like, uh, Shadows did. Yeah, and then we'll do it chapters by excruciating chapters. By especially excruciating chapters. Uh, so we're doing, uh, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina, and this week it's time for Stormtroopers. It's the Stormtroopers tale, the tale of Davin Felth. That that filthy boy. <laughs> He's such a filthy, filthy Davin. <laughs> I I was con- well, not concerned. I was interested to see which stormtrooper it would be in this. Right. I was kind of hoping it would just be that one stormtrooper had every stormtrooper line from Tatooine all in one character. It's just for- what is this? Oh, he is everywhere. He yeah. is just the stormtrooper that is. All places. We get him, he starts by saying, look, sir, droids. And then later he puts on a, a yellow shoulder pad and is like, these aren't the droids we're looking for. And then he walks around in the cantina after <laughs> the fight breaks out. And then he ultimately gets shot by Han at, at the uh, entrance to the uh, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it would just be that one stormtrooper did it all. Yeah, just this one super stormtrooper. He's yeah. everywhere. He was every single type of incompetent that you could you would expect from your ca- common stormtrooper. He's every stormtrooper. <laughs> it's all in him. I mean, it couldn't be our stormtrooper because he wouldn't say, look, sir, droids. He'd say, sir, look, dro- look droids. Sir, droids. <laughs> Sir, there's droids around here, sir. Sir, this droid left its bolt. <laughs> sir, they're not supposed to do that. Aw, sir. Filing, I'm filing a formal complaint. <laughs> uh, no, no. Our special sweet guy, sweet boy, Davin Felth, uh, we start out at basic training. We do, on the planet Karita, which is where uh, Han went through basic training as well. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, training to be a stormtrooper planet, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I feel like that's that's this author's liberty. Like, I think Karita is where the Imperial Academy is, and stormtroopers aren't going through the goddamn academy. Sure they are. They're the Emperor's elite troops. They're the Emperor's only troops. There aren't anyone below stormtroopers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's guys who don't have stormtrooper armor, but they stay on the ships. That's why they don't have stormtrooper armor. Yeah, they're not the elite troopers. They're dudes. This is they're like telling Cadians that they're the Emperor's elite troops. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Go forth and die for the Emperor. You're so good at this. You're so good, you guys. Now charge up your flashlights in the campfire. <laughs> We're fighting Tyranids tomorrow. 
charge up your flashlights in the campfire. I guess I need to explain a bunch of shit about old 40k lore, don't I? <laughs> so las guns are guns that are, might as well be flashlights because of how shitty they are. Yes. And famously, they are so rugged that their their e cell, the little thing that, that powers the laser on them, yeah. can be charged anywhere, including just off the residual heat of being thrown into a campfire. <laughs> All right, I did not know that part. That's kind of a neat little thing to know about the Imperial Guard, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for some reason, I thought you were going back to your days of being in the Boy Scouts, and I was like, there's no way you threw a flashlight into a campfire. <laughs> we threw a lot of dumb shit into campfires. I mean, I, I would mean, assume so, yes. There were some real fucking delinquents in my in my scout troop. I don't <laughs> mind naming names, but I, I, had to, I had to spend a lot of time using sticks to knock, like, cans of spray paint and shit out of campfires. Oh, my God. I, oh, my... The worst... The worst thing in the world is a shitty delinquent Boy Scout whose dad is also on that camping trip. Oh, no. Because their dad, you'd think, oh, perfect, because this kid's going to get a SWAT and he's going to go sit in the fucking car, right? No, instead their dad's like, he can't get in trouble again. I can't deal with this with it. Oh, the ex-wife. Please, let's just, I'll handle this. I'll handle this quietly. And then you look behind the, the apologetic dad who was crumbling his own hat in his hands like a pathetic guy who just got fired off a 1956 line worker job. And you can see his son selling fucking fireworks to another shithead. And, and, and you're like, uh, this is just going to be the whole week, isn't it? Fucking uh, you. You. <laughs> but yeah, I have some depressing stories about scouts. But no, that, that was actually from some 40K knowledge I just had oh, floating around in the, old, All right. in the old noodle. I know dick about shit when it comes to the Astra Militarum. <laughs> As oh, they are right. known now. With their Torox and their whatever blahs. Yeah. Yeah, the 40K has left me far behind. Yes, they've they've moved into the new millennium and are making children's books now. <laughs> I love those children's books. I love that those things are bringing out some amazing, salty, angry white guy tears. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen literal complaints from people that the, the lead character in, one of the, in the 40K art is a black girl. Ah. They're like, where the fuck did they find this? Where did they get a black girl? Who is she? How is she not being racistly raped right now? I'm so grumpy. As as an old stinky project or a player of 40k who hasn't bought a model since 1981, I feel my voice needs to be heard. Uh, yep. And they're about as angry as the people are at the uh, the new Thundercats, uh, or you know, to bring the topic back online at the new Star Wars. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, I literally I saw someone's big complaint today that they were like, I I, I uh, hope that Comcast buys uh, the Fox stuff because people are all universally aware that Disney has ruined Star Wars. Obviously, they're not making any money because they've made two bad movies in a row. And I'm like, ah, are, are you? Do you think that they pay attention to nerds on the internet who hate Star Wars but always go see it anyway? Yeah. Do you <laughs> do you think somehow your irritation is negative dollars to Disney? <laughs> Like every time you make a shitty blog post, they lose a million dollars or did something. You, do, do you think? Did you go to your movie theater and get your money back after you definitely went and saw Force Awakens and, and Last Jedi, or not? Because I feel like you didn't. I feel like you put your grumpy ass in the seat and watched the fucking movie, and then went to go complain about it. They still got your money, dickhead. Ah, <laughs> uh, so basic training. So basic training on Karita. So Davin Felth is. Right off the bat, he's like, ah, here I am at basic training, and I don't feel like I belong here. I feel like I'm in way over my head. And then they set up, like, a, you know, a, a young guy in the military story where they introduce him to a big, lanky guy and a short, muscular guy. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing with this is the, like, I feel like anytime someone gets a hold of stormtroopers, they feel like it's their duty to make sure that stormtroopers aren't just the butt of every joke. Mm -hmm. So, like, this starts right away with, like, 
crazy fucking drill sergeants and everyone's yelling and he's got like giant packs of clothes and everyone's it's hectic and the training is so intense stormtroopers are the best of the best of the best sir and it's like the best of the best of the do we not see any of the actual goofballs that run the bottom rung of the ladder at the empire military what? i would love if this was like an actual video or something and you have this like new recruit and there's some fucking sergeant in his face and he's like answer me this question you will call me sir and then in the background there's like some stormtrooper trips over his own shoelaces and just <laughs> yeah. goes oopsie i made poopsies it just makes you want to see who's normally at the bottom like where do you go if you wash out as a stormtrooper do you have to go be in the emperor's special reserve guard for very big boys <laughs> no yeah the this is the uh the emperor's guard for people who can definitely put on pants by themselves <laughs> Back behind him, there are a bunch of stormtroopers with mittens pinned to their armor. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't deal with the the fact that stormtroopers have become the butt of all of these jokes. Anytime you read something where they're like, "Yeah, and the stormtroopers are badass," you're like, "Really? Are they?" I feel like even the guys who dress up as stormtroopers, even the dudes in the five hundred first, know that the stormtroopers are kind of jokes. Look, I have several friends that are in troopers. The, yeah, and. You know, I think they're just doing it for the costuming. I don't think they're like, oh, yeah, stormtroopers are the badasses. <laughs> they're the creme de la creme, and the creme rises to the top. Oh, yeah. Unjustifiably placed in a position. Why do I keep quoting that? <laughs> it's the best weird monologue by a wrestler ever. It might be the greatest thing that Mean Gene Okerlund's ever done, and he just he's just he's watching just it happen. There. <laughs> Mean Gene Okerlund was witness to history. He was like Uatu the Watcher as events unfolded around him. If I had to cast Uatu the Watcher and I had access to time travel powers, it would be Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh my god, Mean Gene Okerlund as the Watcher would be fucking amazing. <laughs> anyway, sorry to be off on a random tangent here. Uh, so yeah, he gets introduced to an angry Jill sergeant who doesn't get a name and doesn't matter. But right away he gets sent off to barracks with two guys. And they're like... Your buddies when you're in basic training, stereotype guys. One of them's tall and lanky, and he's from a he's from a farm planet, and he's just trying to get along. And then he's got his other friend, the short, muscular, tough guy from a city planet. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's already eating contraband food. Uh, and also, their names are Jeff and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, they're spelled stupid because it's Star Wars. I mean, I'm not going to say that Jeff spelled G-E-O-F-F isn't stupid. That's twice as many letters as you need. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's Jeff Fatoons and Michael Oligat. Michael with a Y. Yeah, it's Mikhail. <laughs> Mikhail. Mikhail. Yeah. But, I mean, they're just... <laughs> Mikhail. They're just some characters from fucking Camp Swampy. Oh, this is... So much they were like, look, what we need to do is make a full metal jacket for stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The weird thing about it is he gets introduced to these two goofuses and one of them's eating contraband food and then they have to hide the contraband food and all that. And this all takes place over about a page and then we just never see those characters again. Oh, yeah, because we get introduced to them. We get their names. We get their personality quirks. Mm -hmm. He, like, takes uh, the blame for one of the, the tall, fat one is like... Oh, I'm eating weird, greasy food. Yeah, he's got a bag. Of, he's got a sack of Jack in the bag. He got a sack of Jack in the bag, <laughs> and he's eating that. And then he's like, "Oh no, I've already been told I can't eat this because I've been here for one day." Yeah, and, and you just got here. And then the scariest stormtrooper in the world walks in, and the food accidentally gets kicked to the center of the room. Yeah, he tries to kick it under the bed, but instead kicks it to the center of the room. And because Davenfelt is new, he's like. Oh, that was mine. I didn't know I couldn't eat a big sack of boiled bullshit. <laughs> I 
I love that you're going with Dave and Felth, which makes him sound like a really gross version of Dave and Buster's. <laughs> yeah, he's Dave and Felth. <laughs> Come on down to Dave and Felth. We've got muck. We've got slime. Look, did you did you want some chicken fingers, some mozzarella sticks, or to jump in a big pool of muck? Come on down to Dave and Felth. For for fourteen ninety nine, you get a six ounce sirloin plus twenty five hundred filth points to spend on jumping into an ooze of your choice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he, he gets this entire thing and they're like, oh, these are his bunk mates and these are, these are going to be the guys he goes through training with. And then like you say, yeah, it's immediately like the next paragraph. Ah, uh, anyway, these guys don't matter. We're going to ship him off. So it turned out basic training was hard. He, it's basically where the next paragraph starts. For, so I only got to sleep five hours a night, but I would spend four hours sleeping and then a half hour cleaning my bunk and then pretending to sleep. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting story for, it's very I just joined the army basic training with a little tiny wash of Star Wars over the top. Oh, yeah. He's like, I started getting into amazing shape because we were constantly working and doing nonsense. The whole thing reads like a letter home to his sweet gal. Yeah, it was was just like, dear mom and dad, basic training has been going well. In space. (laughs) (laughs) The basic training in space has been going well. Thank you. I've been doing many space hikes. Today we had to go on a five-mile space run. <laughs> Hello, space mother. Hello, space fada. Here I am at Space Granada. <laughs> oh, this song brought to you by Space Steve Allen. <laughs> wait, is it Steve Allen? Wait, wait a minute. Is Alan it Tim da- Allen? Allen Davies? <laughs> da- wait, da- da- Dave and Busters? It was Dave and, and Phil. There we go. And we're back. Bringing it around. <laughs> I've missed this, John. I can't wait to come back to the show. I know. I've I've missed you. I I have loved our guests, but uh, your dumb brand of bullshit is great. So it turns out that while he isn't especially good at just stormtrooperin, he is very good at spatial uh, spatial awareness, and he does well on tests. Yeah, he's he has consistently tested at the top of his class. He's aware of what's going on. He takes orders well, but he's also got like good awareness of what's going on around him. Yeah, he has good observational skills and he's good at, at actual like testing. So he gets whisked away from the best of the best of the best into a special branch for the best of the best of the best of the best. <laughs> he, they're going to take him to ATAT school where only one out of ten people even get through the training. <laughs> look to your left, look to your right. Now look in every other direction available from that from that grid. <laughs> Every other person you're looking at will wash out. It's only you. You're the only one who will stay. You're special. One in ten is... That that means that they're fucking up at teaching. (laughs) I mean, let's be clear. If you have a 10% graduation rate at your school, your teachers are bad. Oh, no. It's just that they take in a lot of people, but they only have 10 slots. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. They're like, look, we only have 10 AT-ATs, and we took 100 people in, so... (laughs) But AT-ATs are crewed by 8 to 12 people. Sir. Hey, look. Sir. Sir, (laughs) I could... I could still help on the AT. No, get out. ATATs are like four ATVs that have, or sorry, four RVs that have giant legs, sir. There's so much room in there. Thing is, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do a little spoiler thing. I was going to do ATATs for the bonus content. Mm-hmm. I am not. However, the fucking dry bullshit that they give you for that, you can pilot an ATAT with like four people. Yeah. And they got seats for four right up there in the head, in, yeah, the, you, in the vulnerable part of the ship. Where you got a pilot and a co-pilot and a gunner and then... A, a spot for Admiral Veers to stand. <laughs> or, sorry, Colonel Veers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Major General Veers. <laughs> 
well, he's colonel at this point because that he is going to meet him pretty soon here. Oh yeah. So he gets he goes into at at training. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that. Is, is do you think there's a rule where if you say at at like Disney loses a dollar? It's I don't know. I always said at at, but I I think at at is fine. I think you got to say at at because other you can't say at at because otherwise you're stuck saying at. St- and no one wants to hear you say that. These ats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just ats. You just pretend the dash is in there. These at squareds. <laughs> so, so yeah, A-T-S-T, A-T-A-T. Um, so the, he gets sent to A-T-A-T basic training, and wouldn't you know it, it's a whirlwind of activity where he's like writing a letter home to his best gal, and it's like, dearest Mabel Jane, learning to pilot an at at is not all that different from learning to drive a tractor in space. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about this is there wasn't really much in the the training on this. It was like, all right, we're going to put you in the transport to go here. It's mm-hmm. you and like 10 other or 9 other people. Mm-hmm. They give you that 1 in 10 speech. David's like, yeah, it's going to be me. I'm going to be the guy who gets it. And then it immediately goes like, Oh, he's in the pilot of an actual ATAT instead of the fucking training VR simulation. Well, they, they mentioned that he goes through a lot of VR simulation time. Um, because when he finally gets into the actual ATAT went cockpit, he's like, this is just like the training simulators. <laughs> so he, he gets a chance <laughs> he gets a chance to talk to the commander of this particular AT-AT. Uh, and he's like, uh, sir, this is very interesting. I'm a little worried. And then he quickly clams up because he realizes he's talking to a guy above him. But the guy above him's like, oh, son, because he's the one friendly dude you have to meet in a basic training montage. Well, yeah, because this isn't like his direct commander. This yeah. is just a dude who's teaching AT-ATs. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, what I want is people who have respect for the yeah. AT-AT. Oh, son, the first time I smelled the cockpit of an AT-AT and all them stormtrooper farts and oil, I was as happy as a pig in stormtrooper farts. By the way, I'm a pig alien. <laughs> By, by the way, I am a, a big alien, and this room is being pumped full of stormtrooper farts. Just, it's on the AC. Sir, that's my job. That's why you need, like, 12 guys on a stormtrooper. Look, it's four people to pilot, and then another eight guys who just sit in the back and fart. It's seven guys farting into this bellows, which I then crank to pump that into the cockpit, sir. <laughs> I love the idea of one stormtrooper with, like, an old-timey old-time. crank. <laughs> Who's cranking the fart air? <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> All right, so he get, he meets a friendly tank commander. I'm sorry, ATAT commander. And then he's sent off on routine training. His name is going to be Ground Killer One or something. Land Killer Land One. Land Killer One. And then he goes stomping off towards the uh, towards some targets on a far ridge. And we get a description of what it's like to be an AT-AT pilot, where it's surprisingly a very smooth ride, where it seems like it's going crazy fast. Yeah, there is a lot of conflicting information on the ATAT when I looked them up, where it's like, oh, sometimes people write it as, oh my god, these things traverse so quickly, like, you, you're going to take a few steps and be way farther than you ever should have been, because it's so huge, and then other people are like, this is a lumbering, slow piece of shit. <laughs> I never quite understood exactly what the point of them was. It just seems like they're bad. Like, oh, let's put everybody in the most vulnerable front-up spot on the thing. Like, right up on this little head thing. Why does it have a head? Because it looks like a camel. Just so that it can be like a... It is literally because it looks like a terrifying beast from one of the places where they made it from. Oh, yeah. So it comes from... Everyone's scared of spindle-legged rectangles from the le- the spindle-legged rectangle planet. Yeah, it's, it is some fucking dark side creature that it is modeled after everyone's terrified of those elephants on long spindly legs from that one art piece you always see lithos of 
And uh, who did that? I forget. That's Dolly. That's Dolly. Okay, yeah. Everyone's afraid of Salvador Dolly elephants on this I, one planet. Fucking, I would be if I saw a goddamn <laughs> Salvador Dolly elephant in real life. I would shit my pants. <laughs> How quickly would you start building a robot version of it to terrify imper- <laughs> to terrify rebels with? I mean, immediately. <laughs> like there would be no hesitation. While I was shitting my pants, I would be putting that together. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, he goes stomping off towards some targets. Yeah, and he, then because you know his teacher's just like, "Look, I'm gonna go uh, check out the weapons. You just fucking, we're going forward. The terrain's fine. You just go forward. I'm gonna go hang out in the fart chamber. I'll be okay. I, I, I gotta go check the <laughs> fart room real quick. I'll be back. I feel like the fart mix is a little low. I, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, go make sure no one's shirking off on turning the fart crank. Oh, I was shirking off back here. <laughs> Sir, Aww. that's in poor taste. Sir, <laughs> sir, he said he was shirking off, and I don't think he meant that in the normal way. <laughs> I'd like to file a formal complaint. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> so he takes the ATAT out, and oh no, there's ships. I like that they don't even tell you what the ships are, but he's attacked by ships. Yeah, some fighters of in indeterminate nature show up, mm-hmm. and he can't get a read on them on any of his sensors. So his radar and all of his other sensors aren't picking them up. So he spends, you know, the regular amount of time just trying to call for his tank commander. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, he is like, I have never driven an actual ATAT, and now I am under fire, and I am losing my shit. Yeah. So he gets shot at a bunch. Uh, he doesn't really manage to pick any of them off because, of course, ATATs aren't meant to shoot things down. Um but eventually, he realizes he's on his own. His tank commander guy isn't responding to him. And he keeps getting hit by these ships that are passing underneath him because he's on 50-foot legs. And he gets super pissed off. So he kneels the thing down and manages to pick all of the fighters off with the head guns. Yes. Now, he kneels down because he's tired of all these ships passing under him. And he's like, oh, I, you know what? The thing about this thing that's stupid is that it's on spindly legs instead of just, you know, wheels. So I'll just park it, turn it into a building with a gun on the front, and everything will be fine. Oh, yeah, because he's like, look, as long as I'm parked down low, mm-hmm. then I'm basically a target that they have to dive towards, mm-hmm. and that gives me a firing solution. Yeah, so he does that, shoots them down, and then, you know, they do the thing that they do in every VR training simulator. The simulator turns off, and it's suddenly revealed that none of this shit happened. He's just in a complicated VR simulator. Well, no, he's in an actual AT-AT. It's just simulated ships. That's why it couldn't get picked up on the radar or anything. Yeah, and now, human music. <laughs> Ooh, human music. I like this. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> my man. Yes. <laughs> So, um, anyway, it turns out that his big plan to go into a kneeling uh, solution so that he doesn't get shot down by, by ships is the first time that anyone's ever tried that that idea. Yeah, he and gets uh, the Colonel Veers and some dudes show up, and they're like, let me commend you. Because like, no one has ever shot down all of the fighters before in the training simulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had really good situational awareness. So the instructor is like, oh, dude, that was amazing. You're amazing. When we get back, we are going to have some times, you and I. Yeah. But instead, when they get back, he is immediately commended personally by Colonel Veers, who do you, who you remember is one of those guys that just sort of gets choked to death by Vader in the movies. No, Veers is the uh, the commander on in Hoth. Yeah, no, he's one of the guys in the storm. Oh, does he get killed in the in the? Uh, he's bat- the one. He's the yeah. one that the uh, the A wing slams into. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So. 
But he is the commander of the AT-ATs on Hoth. It took me a minute to remember which random Imperial boss dude he is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So he does. He actually survives a while if he's the one that the A-Wing kills. Yeah. He shows. He, he makes it all the way to return then, doesn't he? Uh, no, he's the AT-AT that an A-Wing kills Oh, in... there's no AT-ATs. Snow speeders. Snow speeder. Whatever. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So a snow speeder picks him off. Great. Yes. Okay. Um, in that case... So Veers pops up and is like, wow, that was a great idea you had, son. How did you think of the idea to... Tell me why you went and kneeled like that. Yeah. And he's like... Was, uh, it, was it to metaphorically suck the dick of the emperor? Because <laughs> Veers is like, tell me, since I'm in charge of AT-ATs, why you did that? And he's like, oh, because I didn't want things going beneath me? Why didn't you want things going beneath you? Because this design is stupid? Because uh, maybe someone... I don't know if they had a cable, they could trip up the legs? Yeah, if they had cable, they could probably trip up the legs. You know. If they had cable and Domino. If they had and they boom, had cable and Deadpool. <laughs> and Boom Boom and, uh, I don't know, uh, other Cannonball. <laughs> Who else was in the actual starting lineup of X-Force? Uh, Wolfsbane? That's right, it was Wolfsbane. Damn. <laughs> uh. All right, so, <laughs> anyhow, uh, Veers, like, takes this information quiet, and he's like, you have a bright future ahead of you, son. Yeah, now don't tell anyone about this, because I want this to keep hush-hush, because I'm in charge of AT-ATs, and I don't want anyone to realize that they have stupid weaknesses. <laughs> so what happens is he gets shipped off to Tatooine so he can die in the desert, because he discovered an important secret that Veers is currently just trying to bury. Yeah, Veers is like, my career hinges on AT-ATs, so, uh, yes, I am going to make you... Uh, very promoted. Anyway, goodbye. You're getting shipped off to the desert planet to fuck off. <laughs> we were going to send you to Fart Planet B to pilot our shoe ships. Aw, Fart Planet Beta's the best <laughs> fart planet. <laughs> I've spent so much time in a fart-rich environment. <laughs> I was ready to go pilot the shoe ships of Fart Planet I B. Have, I have trained for this. <laughs> anyway, he gets, he gets shipped into a, a, a ship that is heading towards Tatooine, but taking a long way there which gives us a good chance for him to meet an angry Stormtrooper boss who doesn't like him. Yeah, because this is the scene where it's like one of the Marines finds a dude who's in the Air Force and is like, Oh, you think you're a fancy pilot? Too good for ground forces, are you? <laughs> exactly. He gets to be the guy from Starship Troopers. So they're just like, all right, well, let's see how you like it in the grunt work, scrub. <laughs> and so the rest of the stormtroopers just treat him like shit. Yeah, he he does end up in the best shape of his life, but it's after having his bed sheeted a or short sheeted a bunch and being hit with a bunch of things in socks and oh yeah, you know all the bad things that happen to a when they bring in a, a new fish to a to an old unit. Oh yeah, it's it's just. You think you're so cool, mm -hmm. and and he does because that opening meeting with him and the, and his stormtrooper new commander, he's being all kinds of flippant. Oh, about he's it. just a huge dick. He's like, yeah. obviously there's a mistake. You see, Colonel Veers himself said that I was going to get a special position. It takes him entirely too long to realize he is fucked. Yeah, it takes him way too long to realize. Oh, when Veers said that, he meant fuck you, get out of my sight. Yeah, the nice thing that Veers didn't do was kill me. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, he gets shipped off to this planet. Uh, they're told that while it's going to take him a long time to get to Tatooine, and they don't know why they're going. But when they do arrive, when they finally arrive, and he's been whipped into shape, Vader's flagship is still hovering over Tatooine. Yeah. They managed to arrive just after the opening events of mm -hmm. New Hope. Yeah. And they get sent down to look for the, uh, the, the, the escape, escape pod. pod. The escape pod. Now, weirdly, they're told to look for an escape pod with Imperial markings. Which is, that, that's confusing to me. I feel like that might have been a mistake, because that Corellian Corvette is a rebel ship. Yeah. 
I don't. Well, maybe it was a stolen imperial ship recently. I, I was gonna say because uh, Leia was on it. I assume it was an official imperial ship oh, before that... they dissolved the Senate and everything. Except that it was hiding in the bay of a rebel ship at the end of Rogue One, but that's new information. Yes. That's okay, fair enough. So, you know, if she's... Like, if Leia is trying to play it off as like, this is oh. a diplomatic vessel, then obviously it's not like, oh, this is a diplomatic vessel. I know it has a giant thing that says rebels welcome and fuck you empire on the side, but don't worry about <laughs> Very that. Very rude painting of Darth Vader on the side of this ship. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, there's one line in New Hope that's so important but gets breezed over way too easily, which is the 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 Senate will hear of this. I have dissolved the Senate. Yeah, where where it's like that is a very important line. Yeah, that is up until this point. Yes, it was like sort of an empire, but not really. Like mm-hmm. the beginning of New Hope is the birth of the real empire. Yeah, and you get this feeling if you don't catch that one line that New Hope just starts in the middle of a long period of horrible shit. Yeah. Like, there's not been a lot of change in a long time. Palpatine's been running everything for forever. He's got his Palpatine's Playhouse up in, where he's got two copies of the DDR machine. <laughs> oh, Palpatine's Playhouse. <laughs> where he has his own genie in a talking chair. <laughs> and it just calls him She's or... <laughs> He's got a genie. It's some old Jedi guy. <laughs> it's a force ghost in a box, and he's just like, ah, this is old Jedi Master Zombie. It's a holocron in a box, and every time he opens the door, this little head of a Jedi pops up. What wisdom do you seek of the ways of the force? <laughs> Closes the door again. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> tell me a knock-knock joke. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you one, but you start. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... <laughs> The fucking ship uh, shows up, and we are getting the beginning of New Hope, where they're like, all right, well, I guess we got to go down to the desert and fuck around. So they go comb the desert, and then the black one ain't found shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they go comb the desert. Uh, weirdly, we get a scene where, where uh, da- Dave and Felth here thinks he finds the, the, the ship, but actually <laughs> just finds an interesting rock. <laughs> I love that. He's like, oh, something hard is in the dirt. I have not bothered to see what it is yet. Found it. There is something here. I'm definitely going to yell that I have found an escape pod because I kicked a hard thing. And I think the idea is basically that David Felth was pretty good at being an AT-AT pilot and nothing else. He's like, just a doofus. He is <laughs> He is obviously a doofus. Yeah. His commander comes over the ridge and is like, you found a rock. Good job, asshole. Quit wasting my time, maggot. <laughs> You did it. You found a rock. All right, boys, pack it up. Mission accomplished. I also like the idea that that was like three minutes into the job. Yeah. Like, he just gets put out in the desert. All right, now find an escape pod. No, no, this is toe through the dirt. Found it. Done. Did it. All right. Let's go. Can, can we get back on the ship, please? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to not be sitting here. Thank you. My Ask Creed game is paused. <laughs> I didn't have time to save. Uh, so they're dicking around and it just takes them forever. He mentions the Dubak being flown in to stomp around in the desert. Yeah. Uh, he, he petulantly notes that he did not get a chance to ride the Dubak. Oh, he doesn't want to ride the Dubak. He's like, yeah, that thing's big and weird. And I don't want to. But they also mentioned that he also mentions the weird thing is he demarcates the passage of time that it takes for them to find this thing by the number of breaks he gets to take. Yeah. He's like, I can't even remember the number of sweet water breaks I took. Oh, boy, howdy. <laughs> we had a bunch of like 
Imperial brand water bottles that we could drink from. And TN six oh one's mom brought juice boxes and orange slices. <laughs> uh, well, I just like, ecto cooler. Nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they do that, and then he does eventually find the escape pod, which tells us which stormtrooper this is. In case we were curious about which stormtrooper this was in the book, he's the Luxor droids, which is amazing because. I have, and uh, our buddy Jake, we have always referred to that stormtrooper as Jenkins, because Jenkins is an idiot. Because <laughs> there's these, there's a trail of, like, treads yeah. going away from it, and they were told, like, oh, there were no life signs, so we're probably looking for droids. He is sitting right next to this trail. He picks up a fucking bolt and is like, look, sir, droids. Oh, Thank you, Jenkins. Is that a droids brand bolt you're holding, you dipshit? You, now, you in the book, dumb it, motherfuck. Now, in this book, it does tell us that this the bolt or whatever, he finds a washer specifically, which would only be used in droids. Well, it's specifically only for R2. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing is, does that mean R2 is falling apart? Or is that R2 that... R2 took apart the door in such a way that he left chunks of the door in a way that only a droid would leave. That or the escape pod crashed in such a way that he got jangled free a bolt. Yeah, that must be it. That he, R2 is currently falling apart at the start of New Hope because he gets bonked around in the landing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why uh, it's important he got found by those Jawas. They fixed him up. They fixed him up real good. They gave they him a new bolt. They shot him with that ion cannon, even though he was hiding behind those big, obvious CGI rocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, the uh, the Luxor droids, they try and make it not just the, the dumbest possible shit. That he's like the Sherlock Holmes of Stormtroopers now? Yeah, he's like, Luxor droids, and by that I mean only an R2 could use a bolt such as this. <laughs> now I know what type of droid we are looking for. We are indeed looking for an astromech droid, one who would leave a trail in the dirt that would be very obvious, much like that one. Larger, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Because the average R2 droid, if I am not mistaken, and no one correct me if I am, is 15 feet tall. Definitely. That's correct. Yes, of course. I'm on a roll. Here we go, Felf. (laughs) (laughs) Also, definitely has a bunch of weird jaws and buzz appendages. (laughs) Your average R2 unit is definitely some kind of bartender's best friend droid. Uh, so they take off, and then we get their interaction with Jawas. We basically get a montage world tour of all the shit that stormtroopers do off screen on Tatooine. So we start with them investigating that Jawa sand crawler. Yeah, and all the Jawas are like, ah, come on, my stuff. <laughs> Quit poking my stuff. Yeah, and of course, you know, because we've established that Jawas are completely passive, they're just standing there griping about it, while the stormtroopers just sort of rattle through this this uh because oh, yeah, it takes a lot of them to get through that giant fuck off sand crawler uh-huh but they don't find anything except for proof that an r2 unit was recently here oh yeah the uh the commander apparently can talk to one of the jawas they don't mention how that part worked no they don't say if he has a translator they don't say if he speaks jawa for some reason yeah because jawanese sounds like a pretty complicated language however he is the commander that's like for tatooine when they first, like, he first meets him, he calls him Jawa Slime. He's like, you Jawa Slime, you're in my unit now. So he's, like, been on Tatooine for a while, so he might speak Jawa? That might be, but that might also just be an example of one of my least favorite things about adaptations or continuations of stories, which is that they always act like the stuff that gets mentioned in the movies is the only things in the universe. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, what's that jacket made out of? Rancor. 
Aren't Rancors super rare? Oh, eh. no. No, they're everywhere because I need to be able to make a jacket out of one because it's the only giant reptile. <laughs> now, didn't you know? There are like 20 different types of Rancor. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been made out of Dubak? I don't know what that is. I remember eh. the Rancor because I had the toy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they, they go through, and eventually the commander finds out from the lead Jawa, oh, they sold an R2 unit to some moisture farmer. Mm-hmm. To some dumbass moisture farmer piece of shit. And then the commander orders the execution of all the Jawas. And it's the fucking, like, a plane shows up with they Banthas? Yeah, they meant, oh yeah, that's right, there's some Banthas there. So they send a, pl- a big old floating fortress helicoptery thing to ride a herd on the Banthas to scare them up into the hills. They're like, look, we, we are specifically bringing in Banthas to make tracks, we're gonna leave a bunch of sand people shit here, and then the fucking fortress itself, like shoots all of the sand crawler nonsense. Yeah, they, they have an Ubrickian flying fortress, they call it, which is like some sort of a hovering barge of weapons. Um, and, uh, and this is the first time where Davin's like, that was, uh, that was a little fucking unnecessary. Yeah, why did we do that? And of course the plan is we're, we're trying to start a war between sand people and Jawas. It, not because they want that to happen, but just because they don't want the same trail they're following followed. They're like, look, this is super secret information that is for the good of the Empire and we can't have anyone know anything about it, so meh. So they make da- David in this thing shoot all these Jawas and he's like, hey, I don't like doing this. Well, well he doesn't shoot anyone. Yeah, that's true. He's just like, oh, fuck, man. I'm, I'm in the wrong outfit. But then, just to rub it in, they head straight over to Owen and Baru Lars's house. Yep, and they are, they go through everything, they, like, kick over all of his shit. Owen Lars is being a real dumbass about it, though. Let's be, let's be real here. In, in the face of power, he pretty much pulls the Michael Caine from Children of Men. Oh, he's just sitting there like, you fucking fascists, I hate you, we are not part of the rebels, but all right now, I wish I was. Pull my finger. <laughs> if, if I knew where my boy was, I wouldn't tell you even if I did now, because you guys are assholes. Yeah. Fuck the Empire and fuck you, buddy. Yeah, get the shit out of here, pigs. And then, of course, they're like, all right, well, light these motherfuckers up. Turn them to skeletons in the only time that ever happens. Well, Use our skeletonizing gun. I mean, they set shit on fire. That's true. They burn all the flesh off these two humans. So, Davin also does not have to do this, but at that point he's like, I'm gonna throw up a little bit, because holy shit, this is weird. I'm gonna hork my helmet just a touch. He's like, with the Jawas, I could almost understand. Because those are just gross animals. Because they're weird aliens, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, this was for the good of the Empire, like what I have to keep telling myself. Mm-hmm. But then it's just two fucking moisture farmers, and we murdered them and burned their homes down. Like, at this point, he's going, hey, are we the baddies? Yeah, yeah, he's pulling a Mitchell. Uh, okay, so at this point, he's starting his big Dave and Filth turn to the rebellion. Uh, but what he does instead is he heads into, into uh, Mos Eisley with his unit. And uh, he ends up hearing a scuffle at the bar. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, can I go check that out instead of hanging out with you weird fucks? Yeah, and so he does. He heads to the bar. He has a brief discussion with Wooher, and he does turn into the stormtrooper that you do see at the at the bar br- yeah. very briefly, walking out of the bar, basically. And he does have to take a buddy with him. He has yeah. to take 1047 or 1040, some shit. Yeah, 1078, and he himself is 1023 at this point. But uh, as his unit is going down when he hears that, we also get a call back to that Jawa that jumps out and goes like, Ah! And then nothing happens. Murder, 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 says the little job. It's, uh, what, Hetna Kick? Yeah, Hetna Kick jumps out, has a blaster, and just 
nothing happens. And then his buddy 1078 just sort of casually shoots Hetna Kick right to death. He's like, Ugh. what the fuck? This Ugh. was stupid Jawas. Dumbass. At least there's one less Jawa. And am, I, am I right? Huh? Huh, David? <laughs> and David's like, God damn, you people are fucked up. Can, can we stop at the truck nuts store? <laughs> <laughs> the truck nuts store. <laughs> it's most Eisley. They have a truck nuts booth. I mean, we've already established that the county fair is happening. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean, when I thought truck nuts store, I was like, oh, Apple man, store. it's got truck nuts and then trucks and nuts. <laughs> truck nuts store. That's what there's commas. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, but they go they go to the cantina and they're met outside the cantina by one of those aliens you only ever hear of in the books where they don't have to do CGI budgets. Yeah. It's like, what is this? Uh, weird like a weird insect walk- with yeah. four legs. It and sounded a- like a coffee table walked by. They're like a little round green coffee table with spike eyes coming out the top. To me, it just sounded like your standard, you know, uh, like Mantis type thing, where it's oh, like okay. four legs. It's got an abdomen coming up. And they it's have kinda those pointy. in Star Wars. They're called Verpine. Uh, they're basically Mantis people that are really good engineers. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe. But he was griping about how like they were rude to him in there, and their what his wares were not properly av- appreciated or something. Yeah. Uh, but then he goes in, has a conversation with Wooher. Um, notes that uh, Han Solo is there. Yeah, who he calls the athletic-looking man. I was like, ooh, Davenfelt is so hot for Han Solo he right kinda now. He kind of is. He keeps calling the... It's like Davenfelt is the only person in the world who sees Han Solo the way the 90s toy company saw Han Solo. Remember those? Remember the to- the toys that they, the Star Wars toys they made in the nineties were like where Luke's, he was shirtless. Well, yeah, well, no, Luke actually almost was the Luke in Jedi robes from the nineties toy line was in an open robe. You could see some chest in there, and his pecs were bigger than his fucking head. <laughs> and Han was the same way. The two of them were jacked like John fucking Cena with little tiny bubble heads on top, just in the middle of the nineties, like ninety five to ninety six. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I turned it to Adam Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah no when he sees him he's like ooh check out that athletic looking man ooh look at that sex pot now I wish they had just built on that and run away with it oh I wish he had been like I ran up to him and was like take me away with you you sex haver <laughs> I want to run my big stormtrooper fingers through your hair <laughs> uh, sir I think there's a policy against us doing that <laughs> Shut up, 1078. <laughs> I hate you so much, 1078. <laughs> this is why I'm leaving the Empire. It's regressive and backwards, and I want that man. <laughs> I want him so bad. <laughs> oh, shit, a Wookiee is in my way. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, that's okay, I'm progressive. I can share with the Wookiee. <laughs> I won't stand in the way of true love. I'll let the Wookiee win. <laughs> Uh, I'm entering into a triad with this Han and this Wookiee. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are in a polyamorous triad, me, this Wookiee, and Han. That's what Dave and Felth truly wants. I think I think we can all well, establish Well, I think it. coming up in my next memoir, me, this Wookiee, and Han, you'll find out. <laughs> in the book from a certain point of view, I'm sure that one of the 40 stories is how Dave and Felth was super hot for Han. Oh, yeah. He's but like, who wasn't? I mean, he was so athletic looking. Oh, yeah. It's just from his point of view, he's like, I looked at the athletic looking smuggler. And my dick clanged against my stormtrooper armor. <laughs> Dong, it went. <laughs> uh, actually, sir, I believe it was more of a pating. <laughs> Damn it, 1078! <laughs> I like that we've branded that jerk stormtrooper who shot the Jawa as our sir guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Nerd stormtrooper is now 1078. 
<laughs> hey, there you go, folks. He canonically has a name. If you're in the 501st and you are 1078, I am so sorry, you fucking nerd. Honestly, 1023 and 1078 are like the most poorly named stormtroopers I've ever seen. Because at least the new one, the one, because they've, they've given a name to Well, they've the given letters and things Yeah, to they them. always, like, uh, I think, I don't remember his exact title, but I think Finn's is like FN264 FN or something like that. Yeah. So we know they have letters at the front. And of course, there's TR8R. Yeah. There isn't really, but, I, but there should be. Uh, okay, so... Um, Basically, right after this, he goes out, he does a little more random stormtrooping, and then he gets called because Han Solo's been been uh, cornered, and he's escaping into the Millennium Falcon, but he has the droids, and they have to stop him. Yeah. they A calm comes over his head thing, and they're like, oh, every, all units, all units converge on this piece of shit freighter. Mm-hmm. So he rushes over there, and everyone's shooting at Han, and Han's running into the ship looking all athletic. I oh, yeah. Add. David is like, oh, it's that same athletic man that I saw at the bar. Oh, I I wish no harm to come to him and his sweet tasseled hair. I'm trying to figure out what manner of athletic he even is. Is that a swimmer's body? A runner's body? A rower's body? A swim runner's body? <laughs> a row runner? A robot's body? He's got a road runner's body? <laughs> so, but yeah, he calls him the athletic looking man again. He is hot for this dude's David Felt needs that smug. He needs to smuggle that D is what he is looking at. Let's be tr- clear here. Han Solo does not have an athletic body. He's good looking. Han Solo is good looking, but he's not like, yeah, when I look at Han Solo, I'm like, that dude's athletic. Yeah, I think that dude probably has a cool motorcycle. That's, <laughs> that's my first thought when I see that outfit. <laughs> that's my first thought. That dude has a cool motorcycle. You try it. T- take him out of your mind entirely. He's just sitting there behind the counter at the bar. You don't know about the Millennium Falcon. You don't know about Chewbacca. He's just a cool dude with his feet up on the table. Probably got some rolled up cigarettes in one of his sleeves. That dude has a cool motorcycle. <laughs> See, I would think more that he's into the classic car thing, which is true, given the Millennium Falcon. That is, okay, yeah, I can see that. Although, if he's into the classic car thing, he's like, yeah, it's a 68 uh, Chevelle, and yeah, of course it's fucking Bondo colored. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Oh, yeah, well, it's one of those things where he's like, I made it myself, I put it together, I've yet to do a paint job on it. What color are you going to go with? I'm not. Uh, <laughs> it only matters what's under the hood. <laughs> Look, you don't know. This is, uh, it's a sweet ride, but uh, I don't care about the... You know, exterior, I'm not about looks. <laughs> That's why it only has a driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> the other seats are actual bucket seats. <laughs> yeah. But uh, basically, when he's watching this athletic-looking man escape into the ship, he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to be in the fucking Empire anymore. So he shoots his own commander dude in the back. Yeah. He, he watches as his commander lines up and has a shot that would kill Han Solo. And he's like... I can't let you kill my sweet beloved. <laughs> I don't even think your bullet's going to be, or your laser blast is going to be enough to penetrate his athletic hide. But just to be sure, I'm going to shoot you in the back. So he shoots his commander in the back and then walks away whistling. Yeah, he's like, huh, that was fun. And then the other stormtroopers are like, what happened to the commander? Oh, he must have died in the firefight, it looks like. It looks like uh, a laser must have hit a nearby convenient mirror and hit him square in the back. He must have just got taken out in the crossfire. I mean, he must have got caught up in it. He must crossfire. <laughs> You'll get caught up in the crossfire. <laughs> yeah. This is toy yeah. commercials from the 80s with Jeff and John. <laughs> I think the amount that we have referenced Crossfire, if people were unaware of it, they have to have looked it up by now. That's true. But, I mean, we could just keep doing more toy commercials from the 80s. No, John, we can't. John, can I tell you what the very best thing of all is? <laughs> is it that there is a counter on that ball? Skip it. Skip <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, you know what I loved? What? was the My Little Monster. 
Oh yeah, that was what came with the chain. It was. Oh yeah, and it could yeah. break the chain. Yeah, could, yeah. And, and if you won't love me now, you will never love me again. <laughs> <laughs> chain, chain, chain. We're doing songs about chains here on System Master today. <laughs> Instead of talking about Star Wars, this is the 80s toy commercial and songs about chains cha- podcast. <laughs> well, the best thing about the My Little Monster was it had its own movie, which was amazing. I do remember that. I, uh, I definitely watched that a lot. Uh, let me ask you this, John. How many muscle guys do you think you had? Uh, like two. I know. Everyone had some muscle guys, even if you weren't into it. No, I wasn't into it, but I always had at least like two sitting around just yeah. in case someone was like, hey, muscle guys. And I was like, yeah, I got a couple muscle I guys. Got, I got a dude with a weird round head and mouth. I had a dude who was a toilet. That is very strange. I know. I'm, I'm still not sure what the deal was. with. It. Maybe he wasn't even a toilet, but I don't know what he was. It's just cultural detritus I acquired for being 12 in an era when, when I was probably more like 8 or 9 in the era when I was like 8 or 9 and muscle dudes were a thing some of them just showed up in a boy's room you just oh, yeah. you couldn't control it the other one I had was an upside down pyramid of Giza man wow that is very strange those way weirder than the ones I had yeah I assume that I probably also got some normal ones and just got rid of them because I was like, why would I need these? I have a toilet and a pyramid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why would I need a dude who looks like a regular muscle man when I could have weird shit? Yeah. I've achieved the pinnacle of what every little boy wants, a toilet and a pyramid <laughs> that, that, that theoretically can fight. <laughs> theoretically, this pyramid and this toilet will fight. Pyramid wins. Pyramid man. And then, I go all, <laughs> and then I go all Godzilla and just say, let them fight. <laughs> Uh, I had a fucking squirting He-Man toy that was like one of the, the snake guy. I remember those. I had the snake guy who had a little tape tongue. The, the, there was a, a slider on his back that oh, he used yeah. to pull his tongue in and out. And another one where if you punched him in the chest hard enough, his neck would suddenly extend. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah to it was like it. the Rock'em Sock'em robot of He-Man toys. Yeah, you had to click it all the way back in. I could go through a list of the He-Man toys I have where I have no idea what the fuck that is. I think I had like three of them. I, I had the moss guy. Mm-hmm. I had the snake that spat. Stinkor uh, was the moss guy. And then I had... No, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That's just Moss Man. Yeah. I had Moss Man, the snake guy who spat water. And then the villain from She-Ra, what's his name? Um, uh, the, the, the Hordak? The big Hordak, one? yeah. Because the, the famous She-Ra toy you could get was Moduloc, who was the dude who had two bodies that were connected by various bits, and you could take them apart and reassemble him. No, I was not cool enough to have that. My, the, one, the one I had forever, and I never knew what the fuck it was, and I still don't, was a blue He-Man, and his power was that he had a little spinner on his belt, and if you spun that, then it was geared such that his torso, the top half of him, would spin around in rapid circles. He was like a cyclone man. What the shit? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck he was. By the way, when I was saying Stinkor, it's because I had Stinkor. Stinkor came out at the same time as Moss Man. He was a skunk. Oh, good. He was a skunk man, and he smelled bad. That was the th- that was the gimmick to him as a toy. When you purchased him, he he arrived already redolent with pre-stunk. the odor pre stunk with the odor of Stinkor. Good. That's what you wanted in a toy. Oh, I got this toy, and it smells like ass and balls. <laughs> And I didn't even have to do anything. I didn't even rub it on my ass and balls I just stopped by a local Toys R Us, emptied out a bag of change I had accumulated for washing vans or whatever, and in exchange for that, I was handed a toy which came smelly. What more can I hope for? I'm going to hide it in my little brother's crib over and over again. <laughs> uh, so Dave and Felth ends up, after shooting this uh, commander in the back, he's like, you know what? Fuck the Empire. Yeah. I'm part of the Rebellion now, but I can't just quit, so I'll be a spy? Well, he has secret information. Obviously, he's going to be the guy who passes on the detail that leads to them installing cables on snowspeeders. Except 
we canonically know that the idea for this was made up by Luke and whatever the fuck his name is yeah, at uh, the base. Uh, uh, Dak. Uh, Dak Rambo. Uh, well, no, Dak is Dak is the name. Dak Hardtack. I forget his actual last name, but Dak is the dude in the back of Luke's ship who Dak dies. Cool Penis. It's Dak Cool Penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, brother to Ace Cool Penis. <laughs> Dak Cool Penis. It's weird because Ace Cool Penis's name is not Ace Cool Penis. That's what he calls himself. <laughs> but his brother always had to copy him. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Really, it's it's actually it is Dak. Dak is Dak is the dude who dies in the back of Luke's. Yeah, Dak Rendar. Yeah, Dak Rendar. Dak Dak Binks. <laughs> oh yeah, Dak Dak, the the little baby from The Incredibles. Gotta love me. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> that famous line of the baby from The Incredibles named Dak Dak. Gotta love me. I'm the baby from The Incredibles. Gotta love me. Oh <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, so he decides he's going to join the, the rebellion, but in secret. He'll work from the inside to help bring down the Empire. He'll change his name to Ace Cool Penis because he's joining the rebellion. <laughs> and that is the origin story of Ace Cool Penis. <laughs> that can't be the story of Ace Cool Penis. Ace Cool Penis is asexual. This dude has a major bone down for Han. Oh, well, after Han, he never found anyone that he liked again. <laughs> he was like, I could never love again. Oh, so he's he's... Kind of bisexual the way that most people you know are bisexual, where they're, like, attracted to some male celebrities and nine-tenths of the women they know. No, he is asexual, except, except for, for Han, Han Solo. <laughs> he is he is Han Solo-sexual. <laughs> and the Solo doesn't stand for the last name of Han Solo. It means he's solo-sexual for Han. Yeah, he's Han Solo-sexual. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's, this is the origin of Ace Cool Penis. There, there we have it. <laughs> Uh, so that was the story of David Felth, the stormtrooper, <laughs> who is barely in the bar. I yeah, mean, you know, for for characters that are tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, this dude is really reaching. Oh yeah, it's what is this? Oh, uh, we spend about five seconds in the bar. He walks in, sees Han Solo, falls in love, and leaves. <laughs> I mean, it's important, obviously, because it is the origin of a school penis. But still, so. <laughs> Okay, coming up next week. Stay tuned, folks. This is going to be super exciting. We've both been waiting for this for forever. It's going to be the tale of the hookah smoker guy. We finally find out what the fuck is going on with that smoker. You, you know he's going to do something cool. You, he has to do something amazing. Everyone has been like, this guy makes me crap my pants. This guy makes me feel like I've got ice in my veins. He is the scariest son of a bitch I've ever seen. Can I tell you, I didn't read a word of it, but I looked over at that page, and it's one paragraph, and then a italicized, centered three or four words, and then another paragraph, and then an italicized, centered three or four words, which suggests to me that it's like a tone poetry story, and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> but we'll find out real soon. <laughs> I think it's probably just his inner badass monologue. Yeah, or... The three or four words is like, I'm going to fucking kill people. Cool motorcycle. <laughs> I drive a Harley. No, a cool motorcycle. I drive a cool Harley. <laughs> I drive the coolest motorcycle. You guys are kidding. Help. Help. I've got too far. I've turned into Batman. I'm the one who rattles the cages. I'm the one who needs a sack of Jack in the bear. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. Join us in another week for more tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. But in the meantime, why don't you join us right away for 
bonus content because we have a whole second episode coming out this week with more Star Wars knowledge for us to impart to you. Yep, Jeff will have a story for me. I will have a story for Jeff from Wikipedia about some dumb nonsense from the world of Star Wars. Who knows? Maybe it'll be connected. Maybe it won't. Actually, this time I think it both. they both are. I think so. Yeah. So uh, lots to look forward to. To get that, all you have to do is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery, and support us at the $2 or higher level. Yep, that'll unlock the bonus content for this. It unlocks the bonus content for our System Mastery show, Mm -hmm. and it unlocks the bonus content for Movie Mastery. Yeah, it does. Just get on down there. At the $1,000 level, you get the bonus content for Movie Mastery where you can be in our movie. (laughs) We're making a movie. Wink. Now, depends on how good you are at acting like you've never sat on a couch not having sex with one of us before. (laughs) How good are you at pretending that you are okay with this? (laughs) Oh, that was gross. I wish I had made that joke. (laughs) Ew, casting couch. Ew. (laughs) Ew, unpleasant. Anyway, uh, $2 or greater gets you the bonus content for Star Wars. Well, we'll discuss some Wikipedia for you. Uh, There is more coming to uh, our Patreon at some point, I've been working on designs to do some custom dice to give out to people. We've got we've got plans. We've got some exciting we've got, changes. We've got big ideas. Things are changing. I'm a driver. I'm a, I'm a winner. <laughs> I'm I'm a driver. Uh, things are going to change. I can feel it. I'm not. I'm not a driver. I lied. <laughs> I lied real bad, and I want to apologize to everyone. <laughs> Folks, John would like to apologize to the listeners. I would like to apologize to my family. I would like to apologize to the President of the United States. Mm, That's good. That's good. I think he might accept your apology, although he will consider you a loser. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com or SystemMastery on Gmail, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter. Yeah, you can find us wherever. The places. You can at us and tell us all about your own fanon about Ace Cool Penis. (laughs) Someone send us some fan art of him, please. Especially after he gets out of the Stormtrooper armor. Nah, it's just a Stormtrooper and it just says Ace Cool Penis. And he <laughs> it's, just, it's just signed Ace Cool Penis. <laughs> to my biggest fan, love Ace Cool Someone Penis. Someone writes the number 1078. It's just right on, on the middle of him. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Ace Cool <laughs> to Penis. To Wong Fu. Yep. <laughs> to Dave and Felf. Thanks for everything, Ace Cool Penis. There you are. That's the name of the book. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on this magical journey. We'll see you in another week for more Expounded Universe. I'm Elan Sleaze Pagano. Oh, I thought you were going to forget that part. Oh, I'd never forget it. Yeah. I also never forget death sticks. I always have some death sticks on me. Those look like some athletic death sticks.